Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 17 of The Strangers Podcast. Today we're going to listen to Zach. Hey, my name's Zach, I'm 20 years old, I live in East Ayrshire and I'm a full-time well-done fabricator. First question is, when was the last time you felt most alive? Last time I felt most alive, in the sense of making me feel alive happiness-wise, it'd probably be July. Uh, me and about eight of my mates all went and tried to do the NC500, North, the North Coast 500, so a strip of 500 coast, 500 mile long coastline that was up the North Coast. It's just a camping trip, really. Probably that, that felt pretty good. I felt really alive, climbing mountains, having bonfires and beaches, that kind of, the kind of stuff you see in movies, really. So it was meant to take about seven days. We tried to cram it in four. Um, we didn't do the full thing, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. I think that's next year's plan. Next question is, what is the question that you are too afraid to ask? And that can be to like yourself or anyone else. A question I'm afraid to ask myself would probably be, where do I see myself in 10 years? Yes. I, I, I don't know. I, I fell into the job I'm in as recently uh, June. Before that, I was in hospitality. Before that, I had no clue what I was going to do at school. I didn't do well at school. So the future's always been a very grey area for me. It's a scary topic and 10 years is quite a while. I'd, I'd say that's probably the scariest question I'd ask myself. To ask another person, probably be something to do with commitment. Another very terrifying thing for me, so. Oh, and the next question is actually, do you think um, you fall in love easily in a way or way that? Two or three years ago, I would have said yes. I think now I have a a higher guard about myself. and I'm uh, very standoffish at first, but given a couple of months, I'd, I'd, I'd say no, it wouldn't be easy, but if given time, I probably would fall back in the love. Is it just because now you have more standards and you grew you grew up or is it after a certain event that you like oh like you're gonna stop falling easily in love? I I'd say it's a, a, a an equal mix of both. Um I d I didn't take the breakup between me and my ex too well, so I was like, Well, I don't really want to feel this pain again. So there's mm-hmm. some high yeah. walls just just for more protection. Then growing up and maturing a bit, you know, you, you get standards for yourself and you're, oh, well, I want, you know, this in a person or I want, well, I see that, you know, they need to be a family person or they, they need to want kids in 10 years, these kind of standards that you just have for yourself. So I think it's a, a mix of both. It's a difficult process. What about you has felt repeatedly misunderstood by others, if anything? I think it's just my, my physical appearance. I'm, I'm, I'm tall myself from six one. I'm, I'm not small. I'm, I'll put it that way. I'm, I'm on the heavier side, so people look at me and go, "Oh, he's big, tall. He must be scary and an asshole." <laughs> if you've ever seen, you know, a big teddy bear, that's that's pretty much me. It's uh, it's something I've always not struggled with, but I always had to try and work around, especially because. People that are smaller than me, they, they, I can see why they feel intimidated. 
And so would you say that you had to, I don't know, like put on a bigger smile or stuff like that to sort of compensate or balance more so? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I had to put a bigger smile on. I'd just say I had to become a bit more friendly and jokey to try and compensate mm. for it. You know, like me being from person and all that self-deprecating tumours, a, a big part of who I am anyway. So that, that always helps. They're trying to try to be the funny guy, you know, the light-hearted. It blows people's guards and go, oh, maybe he's not as intimidating as you think. Next question is, how emotionally available do you currently feel? <laughs> um, it, it depends what day you catch me on some days. Um, a total emotional recluse. And I want nothing more than to not speak to him. Mm-hmm. Just go sit in a corner and weld all day. Then some days I can be an open book and tell you my deepest, darkest emotional thoughts. But 90% of the time it's, it's somewhere in the middle. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you stuff if I'm close to you, if I trust you, or if I'm blackout drunk in a smoking area. What is the lesson that you will take away from this year? From this year, it has to be from coming out that these all these lockdowns for COVID. A door only opens once. If you don't walk through it, you might never get the chance again, you know. Like that that trip I took away with all my mates. I took I think it was the last amount of my holidays I had for the year mm-hmm. off work to go do it. Cause I thought, well, I don't know if there's another lockdown coming around the corner. I don't know if we're gonna be in this for the rest of life, the rest of the year. I might as well just jump and go. And I need me take that kind of approach to life as a whole. Now, right, that's, right, that's something that's definitely going to stick with me. So, because before that, were you always thinking like, oh, I'll do it some of the time for everything? Or like, how did that change your perspective on doing the things I've, that you wanted to do? I've always been, you know, majority outgoing. Like, I'd, I'd go to that. Like, I was in the Scouts, so I'd always go camping and all that, but big commitment focused stuff like taking a week off work to go up in the middle of nowhere up north for my mates it's, it's quite a big commitment you're in the middle of nowhere for a week and I'd always go ah, maybe maybe next year or the year after like same with holidays if I was going away with my mates or then they'd be like maybe next year maybe this year's not too good but I think nowadays I just kind of go well when am I going to get the chance to do it again? Okay. So it's definitely changed my perspective to be a bit more open about things and worry less. What feels important to you now more than ever? Making memories. Um, fair enough, pictures will, pictures will last till, you know, when they last, especially if they're digital. But a memory is your own personal interpretation of what happened that day. So if we were to go out for drinks, you know, you'd have a different interpretation of that night than I would. Yeah. It's special. And it's something that'll last your entire life. But pictures degrade over time, but that will stay with you. So I think, I think memories is something I'll always kind of appreciate. What did the people who raised you teach you about love and how has that shaped your views on it today? So my mum and dad, they, uh, they're still together. They've... They've based their love and their marriage on 
being open and kind, but at the same time being like hearted and fun. Like my mum and dad will take the absolute pass out of each other day in, day out. And they mean nothing by it. It's just who they are. So I think we love as much as it's quite serious and emotional, you need to be really lighthearted about it and just take every day as it comes because that's all we really can do. Has a stranger ever changed your life? Yes. Uh stranger did change my life. She gave me an entirely new perspective on how gifted is not a very word, but it's a long memory of how just pri- privileged is more probably the word. Um, when I was in S4, I did my work experience in a additional needs school. And I met a wee girl, I was a classroom assistant there. I met a wee girl and she was wheelchair bound and she couldn't, she was non-verbal, but she was the happiest, most smiley wee girl that's ever existed. She'd laugh at everything. All she wanted to do was sit and just clap your hands. Just grab me by the one finger and just, just clap your hands. That's all she wanted to do. She found it absolutely amusing. I just loved every minute of it. And I, I was quite depressed when I was four I just looked at this wee girl that wanted nothing more to do than just clap her hands. I went, she can't walk. She's non-verbal, but she's the happiest person I've, I've met in a long while. Mm-hmm. I can walk, I can talk, I can interact with people on a societally normal basis. Why am I feeling miserable for myself when if I just changed my perspective and clapped my hands a little bit, I could be giggling to myself. What is something that you strongly dislike but most people love? Christmas. Yeah? Really, really not a big fan of Christmas. Do you know why? I have a couple of different ideas of why I don't like it, but I can't find any conclusive pinpoint. For, for a start, I, I don't celebrate it. I'm, I'm a pagan, not a Christian, so it's, it's not in my religious favorite. It's also just, I think it's became, the, the original idea of I lost into this society. I think it's just became this mainstream excuse to spend hundreds of money that you don't need to spend, get pushed, and just make an arse of yourself when the actual holidays would spend time with your loved ones and giving thoughtful gifts no matter the price. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just not that anymore. It's incredibly commercialised and just Hollywood thanks ruined as well with all your Christmas movies. And um, I still stay with my parents now because I physically can't afford to move out. So they celebrate it. So I'll celebrate with them. I'll sit down, I'll have dinner with them, I'll have drinks. Um, you know, I'll sing, I'll sing the songs if they, if they want me to, but Personally, if I lived them alone, I wouldn't have a tree. I wouldn't go out my way to celebrate it. I'd come and see my family, wish them a Merry Christmas, give them the gifts. But at the end of the day, I'd choose not to mm-hmm. go out and celebrate. What is something new you've learned about yourself recently? I'm good at the things I never thought I'd be good at. As I said earlier, I, I started this job in June. Never pictured myself to be a welder. Never imagined myself to be academic either. And turns out there's a slight mixture of both in my new job. I need math. Never, never needed math in my entire life. Barely passed my national five. Never use every day. Never thought I'd pick up a welding gun, but here I am now. I learned that with myself. I get my stem from uh, ability to adapt 
that may be where it comes from. And do you like your new job now? Um, don't get me wrong, I liked, I liked bartending and hospitality, but that, for me that was a job, it wasn't a career. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel this is a bit more fulfilling, I feel I could you know, do this the, the rest of my working life. What are you overthinking right now? The girl I'm speaking to, I'm, think, I'm overthinking that entire situation. Yeah? Yeah, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of commitment. But uh, I was out with her last night, we went to the Barrelands to go see the Vistas. Uh, really nice night, really good gig. But the entire situation is just overthinking, overthinking, overthinking. Have you yeah. told her? Oh yeah, she, she always overthink this entire commitment though. She studies psychology, she's always trying to psychoanalyze. <laughs> she's always trying to psychoanalyze my entire mental state. Part of me is like, you know, it's like you do have, you do have feelings for try commitment. And part of me is just really scared of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's all my brain focuses on, just round and round. So I'd, I'd say that's what I'm really overthinking about. What is the last thing you lied to your mother about? The last thing I lied to my mom about, probably what time I got in, the last Friday night, uh, according to her, I got first train home in the morning. Um, I think I got in at six o'clock at night the following day. That was, that was an interesting one to try and get past that. <laughs> Somehow broke it off, so. What is a compliment you wish you received more frequently? See, that's a, that's a challenging one because as a guy, you don't really get complimented too often as it is. You know, the, the, your typical guy compliments are, oh, he's a hard worker or, you know, he's a, he's a big guy, that kind of stuff. You're, you're very manly, bro-ish uh, kind of compliments, which they're, they're nice to get, but the, the ones that really impact you are, you know, the, the, the subtle wee ones that women get day to day, you know, you get, or you get nice eyes or a nice smile or, you know, you're a kind soul, that kind of stuff that you don't really get. So it'd probably be something along the lines, something that's like slightly personal, but at the same time, kind of makes your day. Mm-hmm. It's something like that, like, um, probably, probably nice eyes or a nice smile because my smile's on an insecurity point. But, uh, what was the worst date you've ever been on and why? <laughs> um, if I explain the story to you, you'd say, this actually sounds like a, a really good date. And for the most part it was, um, I, this was, a, I think it was in the summer. Uh, me and this girl, we went axe throwing, very out of the blue, like non-typical date idea. And for the most part it worked, I don't know if we ever threw an axe, but you quite bond with the person you're, you're throwing axes with. Um, then we were out for dinner and drinks, we really got on. Uh, we were on the same train home. So we organised the whole second day for the following week. Um, and her stop was after mine, so I said to her, I was like, listen, just let me know. And she let me know. And that's the last I heard from her. So in my stead, it's a bad, bad day, but on paper it was brilliant. Yeah. Have you ever like texted her and she never replied or? Yeah. So she, she let me know when she got in and I texted her saying, you know, it was a really nice time. It was good to see you and all that. Um, I never get back for that. So I was 
And I was like, you know, we're, we're both adults. We work. Yeah. Um, maybe she should buy it. So I waited till the, the day before what was meant to be the second day. I texted him, I was like, we're still on for tomorrow night. Never heard from her. Mm-hmm. Still hear from her since. I think that was tuned. There's a question in there that goes, have you ever ghosted someone and why? Ah, it's incredible how critical of me to complain about it. That's karma hitting you right there. <laughs> it really doesn't help that I've done it when I was like 17, 18, young and stupid. Uh, and it's just coming to kick me in the arse when I turned 20. <laughs> Looking back on it and having experiences now, I'd say I probably won't go somewhere again. Because it's, it's, it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah, especially that now in our age, like, we can take, like, oh, it was fun, but I'd rather not see you again. Like, it, you can say that. It's okay. Do you believe everyone has a calling? And if so, do you think you've found yours? I do and I don't. I do in the regards of, you know, some people are out here just to make people laugh. You know, some people are just inherently funny. Some people are inherently kind and are just meant to make people feel better and safe. Some people are just naturally protective and they like to look after people and make sure, you know, they're okay and nothing's going to hurt them. I believe in that kind of, that kind of call, like say for example, if you're naturally kind and protective, you know, you'd be a great nurse, you know, you want to make sure people are okay, nothing happens to them. If you're, you're, you're funny, you're comedian, you're always right, TV, that kind of stuff. But in terms of like actual mainstream jobs of bartending, welding, you know, psychology, yeah, they're all important in their own regard, but I don't think I've ever woke up and went, mm. Pulling a pint of tenants for four fifty—that's that's really my calling in life. So no, I, I don't think I've found my calling, but I do and don't believe in it. Um, are you a cat or a dog person? Dog hunter, ten percent. Yeah. No hesitation. I don't like cats. Don't like cats. Um, when I was four, uh, a cat bit two of my fingers consecutively, mm. and it's just put me off them for life. Yeah. So next question is, what do you crave more of? Probably approval from my friends and family. And my friend group and my family have quite often been the back sheep. My, my friends are all academically inclined. They always went and had a rough idea of what they want to do. They've always went to uni, college, you know, the, the traditional mainstream stuff. Then I was just kind of floating about as a bartender for the longest time. I feel, not that they didn't approve, but I was the 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 black sheep. They didn't really get it. Mm. Um, they said that similar to my, my my parents. I'm just really not the golden child. If you you get it, me. You know, I, I feel like my brother gets a lot, quite a bit more approval than I do. So that's probably something I'd seek a bit more of. Do you tell them? Do you speak about it, or not so much? My parents, I, I typically don't speak to them about it. But my mates have. I've made subtle comments in the form of self-deprecating jokes, but I don't think I've quite picked up on it either. You just disregard? I think because I present it in the form of a joke, that mm-hmm. they, they should take it. But then again, guys aren't really good at speaking about this kind of stuff to each other, so we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens in the future. And second to last question is, which one of your parents' personality traits do you want to keep? And which one do you want to let go of? From my mum, I definitely want to keep her. She's a people person. She loves people. It's a, 
I, I want to keep that. But at the same time, I don't want her OCD. It is a pain in the backside. Everything has to be correct. And I, for me, it's, I just kind of try and go for the floor a bit more. Uh, so I wouldn't want that. Try to work my way out of them habits. Uh, for my dad, he, he always went to, to shut off and keep people out, which is something I, I typically struggle with. So it'd be nice to have that. But he has 24 7 carabits, so let's, let's fling that one to the side. Is how would you describe the feeling of being in love in one word? I see you're just struggling with me here because I've got a very poor vocabulary. <laughs> um, probably go with pure. If you like this episode, don't forget to rate it on Spotify or Apple Podcast and to share it with people you think might like it as well. I am posting every week, so make sure to tune in next week for a brand new one.